for some reason, I, like I, I don't know, like how this worked out, but we got lost in each, like in the fight, and we got split up. My two room, two roommates went to like this way, and I went this way, and I went unfortunately with the guys that had the knives, all three of them. Welcome to the Darren Woodson Show, where today's guest, man, going into your ninth year, mm-hmm. Tyrone Crawford playing defensive end, tack, defensive tackle. Man, you're like the utility dude. You play across the line, the versatility, the whole nine uh, throughout your career. But today, I'm joined by, of course, Tyler Klutz and uh, YouTube Bingit. Uh, The two guys that I do this show with week in and week out, and that's Tyler Clutch and Ben Gibbs. And Tyler and and Tyrone have been really good friends for Mm -hmm. a long time. And, Tyler, I want you to guide the show. Yeah, so so – Thank you, Tyrone, for coming on. We, we've done some stuff in the past, media-wise, and, and, and some TV stuff. But but more importantly, I, I got to play alongside you for a couple years, uh, play against you in college. So we'll back up and we'll get to a story. But who uh, dominated who uh, in that match? So it was okay. It was a Fresno State Boise State rivalry. So think about that. I'm <laughs> thinking. I'm <laughs> thinking. <laughs> say that's no. all you got to say. Never I'm thinking, went well. I'm thinking Never Boise well State Broncos all day. Uh, yes, except I mean I will say the Mount West. Championship, uh, not last season, but the season before in Boise, the dogs took it. Yeah, and when it counted, but yeah, we never actually <laughs> played against each other because uh, I think when I played at Fresno State, um, uh, Tyrone was probably still on the tit. So uh, I'm that much, that, <laughs> wow. much, that much older. <laughs> Drinking milk. Uh, that's <laughs> wow. But uh, no, but uh, incredible man, and and part of the reason that that we wanted to get him on, especially early on in this podcast, is kind of the story of resilience and and what. What Tyrone has been able to do, kind of through his journey in life and being raised in Canada and making the transition uh, going south, and and you know the the trend for the most part. There's a handful of guys that have been successful coming from Canada to the NFL, but um, but the trend is you know the guys in the United States go up and play in, in the CFL. Uh, but he was was highly successful, and we'll go through his journey. But came down, uh, faced some adversity in junior college uh, in Bakersfield, California. We'll talk through that. Uh, but then ended up landing here in Dallas, playing for the Cowboys. Um, you know, with with the support of of his wife, uh, girlfriend, at the, you know, early on, and then um, has thrived here in Dallas, uh, and and has been a, a mainstay on the defensive line that really for the last you know nine years has had a lot of ups and downs and had a lot of holes to fill. And the one thing that has been consistent is Tyrone. And you talk to anybody in this building, you talk to anybody that knows ball in Dallas, they. The biggest loss of the team last year was when yes, Tyrone went down. Absolutely, because not just not just the fact that um, okay he was an effective player, which he is. It was the leadership. It was the versatility. I mean, he's a guy, and you introduced him as defensive end and defensive tackle. tackle but I mean, yeah. he plays across the board, left, right, inside, outside. It doesn't matter, and he can do it all. And he's a guy that is one of the most selfless players that I've played with. And you talk about Daryl Johnson, right? Back yes. in your day, that yeah. just showed up to work every day. A prof- and, and was a true pro, and and when you told that story, I thought about Tyrone, um, and so really, really good to have him. He's got some exciting things coming up, and 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 for him, and and family is growing, mm-hmm. um, a lot going on. But he's got a really, a really interesting story. So let's let's back up. 
uh, let's go let's go north of the border to to Windsor. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, where Windsor, Ontario is, uh, it's just across the bridge from Detroit. Yeah, don't so, start nothing. So right. you think about you think about <laughs> the casino. Here comes oh, the isn't there that's a casino? it. That's it. That's how I know. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Y'all used to sneak across yeah, the border a little bit. Bed checks at eleven. <laughs> going to Windsor out Saturday night, big fella. So let's go. Let's go back there. Okay. In Windsor, Ontario, you played multiple sports, basketball, football, uh, track and field. You did a little bit of everything. Take us back to those days in growing up. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, thanks for the, the kind words. I, I, I wanted to stop you there and just, you know, completely get rid of that. But, you uh, did not. You were sitting there just loving <laughs> that. No, man, honestly, honestly, it's always really awkward, you know, when that when that goes on. Um, but, I, you know, I do appreciate it. And thank you guys again. But, um, yeah, back to uh, Windsor. Um, it is a small city. It's it's. People call it the Detroit of Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not trying to roast Detroit or anything, but that's what they call it, the Detroit yeah. of Canada. Um, you know, Motor City. Uh, it's it's a automotive industry that that's about what we got. That's where that's where people go um, for work, and that's what my mom's done for thirty years of her life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I grew up there. Um, was born and raised. Went to uh, you know a small small uh, school from kindergarten to the eighth grade, and then went to Catholic Central um, High School from. For high school, and then I went over to junior college. But um, in Windsor, yeah, I played I played multiple sports in high school. Didn't really start sports until I was about the eighth grade. Um, travel baseball and stuff like that. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, going going into high school, I started doing more um, playing basketball. I threw shot put, discus, and javelin, and um, and track and field, and uh, played football. Um, and then I usually go together. Javelin and shot put and everything, yeah. and your D tackle got your fingers in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back even further than that. Any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a younger brother. Um, he's actually uh, getting married soon, and he's uh, nice. yeah, yeah, he's um, he's a little dog himself. But uh, right now, he's uh, you know working on his own companies and mm-hmm. um, just kind of doing his thing. Nice. Okay, so to talk about you mentioned your mom a lot. Like, what was the situation at home? Was it just your mom, you and your brother, father? I mean, what's what was kind of the dynamic as you were growing up? Yeah, um, you know, early on, uh, my my mom and pops got divorced, um, and I, it was maybe it was kind of rough for them. You know, I don't want to really get into their business, but yeah. um, so we went back and forth for a little bit um, between my my mom and dad, and um, I guess right before I went to high school. Um, some things happened with me and my relationship with my father um, and, and my brother. Um, so we kind of just stuck with our mom from then on. Mm-hmm. And uh, she took us um, and pretty much was that dog in, uh, dog mm-hmm. in our lives that, uh, you know, she, was, she had us in the parking lots at, uh, you know, the, um, the clinics pushing the car. Wow, uh, mom did? Oh yeah, my mom was my mom's something else now. But uh if you ever meet her, you'll you'll understand. But uh yeah, so she had us pushing cars, flipping tires, running blocks. Um Was just, mom an athlete? She was an athlete in high school, yeah. Um but she didn't she didn't uh, take it any further than high school. She just kinda went into the automotive industry right out of high school. Um just like kinda everyone does there. But <clears throat> she uh yeah, she was uh she was a hard one and she knew that she had two sons, you know, she knew how she wanted to raise us the goals for for us um that she had and uh she stuck with it and we we definitely uh strived um 
because of how she pushed us and how she raised us and um definitely thankful for that mm-hmm. you know hated it at the time right yeah. like like uh, like anything we go through but were um, the uh were all the tire flipping and the the drills and things like that was that to keep you and uh, get better sports specifically was it to keep you out of trouble what, what was that about? well i made Why the mistake so of telling my mom i wanted to <clears throat> i wanted to be great you know i told mm-hmm. her i was like i mm-hmm. want to be how old, yeah. wait, wait, how old were you when you said that <laughs> um well, I, I I heard it from my cousin. My cousin was always um, my cousins. Uh, they were always you know into sports, and um, they would always be like, you know, you if you're gonna do something, you should you should probably try and be great at it. Whatever you do, you know, reading, uh, writing, whatever you're trying to do, you should try and become the greatest at it. You know, and if you fall short, you're you're pretty damn good at that point. Mm-hmm. But um, so I told my mom, you know, I wanted I wanted to be great. I forget how old I was. I was I was young, really young. So, so we've talked about that. We've talked about, okay, that desire to be great, right? Is that is that instilled in you from someone else, or do you think people are just born with it? And then now being in you know the locker room for the Dallas Cowboys, like there's certain guys that you're like, that dude wants to be great, right? And that dude is just good. Yeah. There's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a difference. Do you think that that's something that's bred into people? Life circumstances get in the way, or do you think it's that dude is just like he's just born to be great? Honestly, man, I can I can. I can rem- I remember the day that um, my mom worked with midnights and my cousin would watch us overnight. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I seen him doing push-ups. I, it could have been 12 midnight or 2 o'clock in the morning. But I seen him doing push-ups and sit-ups and he said he was going to get 1,000. He said he was going to do 1,000 push-ups and 1,000 sit-ups. And that's when he told me about being mm-hmm. great and stuff. And I can remember oh. very clearly that night. So I think... There's a lot of things in my life where I can just remember like one one person just saying one thing to me that, you know, can mm-hmm. can just change the way I, I think about things. Like the other day, um, brought one of my trainers in here, and we were just we were just getting some work in, and we we're uh, trying to recover our bodies. And <clears throat> you know, he said, "Why is your locker dirty?" And he didn't have to say anything else after that. Like from that from that day, I, I cleaned my locker the next day, and it's been clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's just like little things that, you know, like can be said to you that I guess just kind of stick with you if it, if you really know, like if you really look at something, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Like it's- and I can attest to that. So um, I was I was seven, seven years old and I was living in Vacaville, California, and I'll name drop here. So I was at my best friend Tim Larson's house. And um, hey, we're, we're eating, we're <laughs> eating chips and salsa, and uh, in my family, double dipping wasn't a thing. And I double dipped. What do you mean it wasn't a thing? It was my, my, my family. Just it was no. You t- dip it, bite it, dip it back That's in. It was no big deal. That my family was no big deal. You know, what is wrong with you? I got I got shamed so hard. You should have you should. seven years old. But I'm telling you, it's those little comments. Hey, to this day, like every time I see someone double dip, like I get that feeling, like I did when I was seven years old over at the Larson house. Okay. His sister Laura Larson. <laughs> anyway, back tell to the back to the back to the time. But no, I'm sure I'm sure everybody has those though. But changed your life. Goodness, made me the man I am. today. <laughs> so let's go back then, Ty. So, you know, you're growing up and you know that there's something different about you early on. You know, there's some there's a work ethic that you had. Truthfully, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. You, you, but you knew that growing up, right? Yeah. Did you have any issues, whether it be, you know, any adversity early on in your life that you had to really, truly overcome? Um, 
It's kind of funny because, you know, I, I, I think about like the adversity that I've gone through, you know, um, recently and then, you know, further on in my life. And I think like, oh man, that wasn't what I went through then. That wasn't really adversity. Mm -hmm. like, that was adversity, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, early, I mean, there's those things that I guess you can call adversity, but you know, I, just like I, you know, I tell everybody, I don't want to use the, those as an excuse for any type of, you know, reason why, you know, I could have been this or that. And I, I mean, there is there is adversity, yeah, like little things. Right. But um, really, I guess my biggest uh, adversity probably goes to the junior mm -hmm. college. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Mean, so let's go. Let's go there. Let's go. Okay. So you 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 have a successful high school career, right? In Windsor, I'm sure you stand out there. And then your vision is like, did you know, like, I, I want to go to the states to go play college ball. Like, I don't I don't want to go to St. Mary's or I don't want to go to these. I know some Canadian colleges, universities, right? I know them. That's um, about it. He's that's stopped. It. That's okay. <laughs> hey, uh, what's up? Uh, Manitoba. <laughs> you go to Manitoba. Manitoba's a good school, right? I mean, if we're up there, I don't even know that far out. Yeah. I, I know Windsor. <laughs> okay, so but it. did you know, like, okay, hey, I want to go to the States, and that's where I'm, and, and I want to play football. Like, that's my sport. Like, when did you decide football was it? Honestly, I... I, I didn't even I didn't know I didn't know until about I, I wanted to play basketball and I also wanted to throw you know um, and football was kind of like the last thing that you know I wanted to do at that time and um, it kind of just it kind of just found me I guess the the coach from Boise State um, came over after I went to a camp at Michigan State um, and they offered me Michigan State offered me and then the, the Boise Boise coach Coach K came and he watched me play basketball and he offered me um, and that's kind of where I guess football. Is this coming out of high school? Yeah. This is coming out of high school. Okay, so well, I got to go back to this. And I'm sorry for going back here. But what was high school football like in Canada? Be real now. Just no, tell yeah. us the truth. Um, no comparison. <laughs> like, I, can't, I, I watch um, football over here. It's, it's not like um, I'm trying to disrespect anybody back home. But there's no comparison. Um, yeah. The football over here is just... Uh, it's at a way higher level than uh -huh. what we had. We it was. Did they team. play American rules or Canadian rules in high school? Yeah, we played Canadian rules, but we had like some of them, I guess, altered for like um, yeah. American style. Okay. Um, but everything the field was Canadian. You know, we had the wider, yeah, longer, uh, hundred ten yard you, field, you know twenty five yard end. So, so yeah, you know, yeah. played over yeah. there. Yeah. So, so how were the athletes? I mean, and it was you had you went through that situation where you went to camps. Mm -hmm. So you got the experience on the American side. So were the, was it was the athlete totally different when you came over? Completely different. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there. I mean, we didn't, we didn't like even, we didn't really do things that you're supposed to be doing for football. Like, I mean, like, you know, at, at the DB or the, the safety position, like guys, like when I f like finally realized, oh, that's how you're supposed to play safety. Or, you know, that's how you're supposed to come downhill and hit somebody. Like that wasn't happening, you know, right. like mm -hmm. flipping the hips, you know, that stuff wasn't happening. I didn't see a lot of that stuff. Um, also because, you know, our, our coaches, um, they don't, they don't get paid. They don't get paid anything extra to do. They're just teachers that volunteer. Yeah, they're just teachers that volunteer. So my coach, um, he was he was a co he coached the tr the track and field team and the football team and to get somebody to help him out was like it was it was almost mm -hmm. impossible so we had guys volunteer as well but you know mm -hmm. they were like you know some of his friends from 
How many guys did you have on your team? I'm <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry yeah. to laugh. No, no. You came from the different. bar. <laughs> 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 hey, We're coaching live. Hey, dri- hey, drinking a Molson. Molson <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>, voice. <laughs> so, all right. So, so you, like, you go to camp and, and you get invited. Boise. Okay. So, but your route didn't take you right to Boise. So talk us through, like, okay, from camps and getting recruited out of Windsor, like, where did your journey go from there? Yeah, um, so I, I guess, got, like, recruited by only those two teams, mm-hmm. um, Michigan State and Boise. But miraculously, they both knew this uh, head coach at uh, Bakersfield College, Coach Trudy. Um, both D-line coaches did from Michigan State and Boise, and they both knew this coach, and Almost like a week apart, they told me to reach out to Coach Trudy at Bakersfield College. So um, that alone just kind of locked me into Bakersfield, mm-hmm. and um, that's I guess that was the junior college I was going to. So, but why? <clears throat> like, why? Do, why are you going to junior college and not to Boise or Michigan State? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, I didn't uh, at the time. I took the SAT. I scored a decent score, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't clear the clearinghouse because of um, my grades. Mm-hmm. I. From from grade school, I was in like learning disabilities classes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So in high school, I kind of got placed in these uh, what they're called essential classes. I guess the you're going into these classes to go into a trade or mm-hmm. like a you know like just like a normal college yep. um, in Canada. And we have like colleges and universities. So like you have to have like this grade to get into the universities, and then the rest college. But um, <clears throat> so you know that was kind of like I guess my plan. Um, and that's kind of what I had going mm-hmm. going forward until, you know, the eleventh the eleventh grade. I, don't, I forget what you guys call it, junior, junior, yeah, whatever. Junior. <laughs> um, but uh, we, um, yeah, I mean, kind of got with my advisors and tried to figure something out to, you know, maybe if I can get a scholarship, you know, over to Detroit, you know, Mercy or mm-hmm. something like that, or Western Michigan, um, then then that would be like the the plan. Um, and then going into it was kind of like too late by that time. So, you know, going into uh, grade 12, uh, we just, we couldn't get anything done. So I, I took the SAT anyways, um, just to see if I can only go one year in JUCO, but, um, ended up having to go two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like literally the the two years that pretty much changed, changed my life. It directed my life. So, so before, <clears throat> before you go to Bakersfield, like what is, what's your backup plan? Like what's, what are you doing if you don't go to college or university or, you know, come down to the States and play ball? Yeah, man. Um, honestly, I got so confused at a point I was lost. I, you know, I, I was just like, you know, like this is at a point I thought this was not going to happen. Like there's no way like, uh, I am going to get to the States to play football, basketball, or track. You know, there's just, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, I was thinking trade. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to try and <clears throat> learn as many trades as I can um, to, I guess, uh, I mean, I just, I was just going to grow that way, just trying to mm-hmm. improve on, you know, like whatever, like welding and, uh, you know all the all the different trades yeah. that you know I could do. Well, because um, up up in Canada, right? It's in in Windsor. You got auto, but like it's really popular for high school kids to go work in the oil fields, like up north, mm-hmm, right? Because yeah. it's big money. Yeah, that's where everybody. If you if you're gonna go and you want yeah. some good money, you're gonna go out. out yeah, 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 out west, north at north of Edmonton. All right, so so really back up is okay. Now I'm just gonna go on a trade and I'm gonna start working. But now, okay, I'm going to these camps. I'm getting some attention. Okay, maybe that's real. Now I got to work out the logistics. So, 
next step is junior college, and Bakersfield has kind of been laid out for me. That's that's probably where I'm gonna. Did you even know what Bakersfield was? No clue. You ever heard of Bakersfield before? Uh, I mean, they told me California. I was thinking beach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wrong. <laughs> wrong. Oh, way off. Hey, for those of you that are listening, if you have, if you don't know what Bakersfield is, I mean, they call it the armpit of California for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all bad. It's just, I mean, there's really not much to it. It's like a mix between desert and like valley. Did you hear that? Are you listening to this, man? Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you disagree, right? I disagree 100%. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> For it's any the listeners worst. out there in Bakersfield, See, we... Formally no, apologize. No, no, no. Hey, hey, they'll say it. They'll say it. And then you drive a lot a, of, an easy hour and a half north and it's paradise in Fresno. Oh, oh please. Get out of here. Please. We're talking about fans that spit. Hey, I've never throw, seen it in my throw life. Throw batteries, throw screwdrivers. Oh, it happens, man. Like bottle of fluid. Yeah. Like, had, you ever, had you ever been to the States before? Or was this your first time? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we're literally, I mean, from my mom's door to the closest mall in Detroit is like 15 minutes, yeah. you mm-hmm. know? So we would make that trip a lot um but i never really got outside of detroit ohio you know that area um so yeah i mean it was it was a journey for me mm-hmm. so how was mom through this situation Ooh. was she pushing you through this or was she would she want you to stay home well um she was nervous but she wanted me to she wanted me to do it she knew i wanted it so you know and they They've, they had so many conversations, my mom, um, Coach Chudy, and, you know, um, Coach Curry, um, my high school football coach, and, and, and my basketball coach. They had so many conversations that kind of, like, uh, comforted my mom in sending me out. So there. you did. You have men as mentors in your life then, yeah, through this yeah, process. Yeah, okay. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I didn't have a great relationship with my with my dad, but early on, you know, he, he was – I'm not I, – I would never, like, try and, you know, put any – like – downplay my dad or whatever early on you know he was he was he was a good like he's a good man but Mm -hmm. um you know early on he he was at all of our games he would drive us to practices you know what i'm saying it's just there was a little fallout in our in in our life that happened and you know that happened i mean it's i understand now uh, being a man where where some things you know yeah get mixed up and you know being in the situation he was in i you know i i can kind of get it but um I forget. I'm yeah, so we're going, yeah, so we're going. Yeah, so we're going. Bakersfield now. So like we're, oh, okay, we're making yeah. that making that trip. Your oh, okay. mom, your mom in yeah. that transition to Bakersfield. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my mom had you know other other uh, my coaches you know to kind of lean on to 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 ease her mind about me going out there. And um, <clears throat> the day I went out there, it's a crazy story. Uh, you know, her and my brother bring me to the airport um, in Detroit. And you know I'm balling, they're balling. You know it's just like I'm leaving home. It's it's yeah. it's different. So we're, uh, I leave. I got two bags in hand and a backpack. And um, you know I, I I fly, I'm flying to LAX. So I fly to LAX, and uh, you know I'm I, I didn't know what to expect from then. I kind of I should have got like more um, information before <laughs> I left. <laughs> uh, but I get to LAX and uh, you know I call my coach and I'm like you know I'm here blah, blah, blah. and he's like okay now just jump on this bus and you're gonna take a bus uh, a Greyhound to Bakersfield and I was like okay cool you know I'm gonna find the bus it took me like two hours to find the right bus <laughs> oh, to get to Bakersfield and, and so I'm I'm already late um, arriving to Bakersfield like when I was supposed to so when I got to Bakersfield it was about two o'clock in the morning um, got my bags and you know call my coach and. They like, they were like oh crap you know like they, it took them about maybe thirty minutes to get to the bus station because they didn't know when I was arriving and they showed up with uh, two of uh two of 
my friends, uh, Chucky and Chica, uh, <laughs> they're my friends now, but at the time, you know, these guys from Florida and from Oklahoma and, you know, I'm fresh Canadian, you know, like I'm talking about, I, I've never heard, you know, uh, that's that South Florida oh, accent man, these words that were coming out of my mouth. I was like, all right, this is, and I, yeah, I get in the car and coach drops me off at the house and, you know, I, I get to my room and there's no bed. I just get all my clothes out my out my bags and I sleep on like pretty much all my bags with all my clothes under my head and you know I'm like okay I'll figure this out tomorrow you know they wake me up at four o'clock in the morning for workouts I'm oh like, oh, man. stiff <laughs> but yeah we get to the gym get to workouts and I finally call, I get to the payphone to call my mom and you know she's like all right well this is how we're gonna work this out and we got everything worked out but crazy first day just trying to get there you so, said wait wait you said one thing payphone yeah yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> Oh, dude, How long pay- ago was Yeah, what year was this? <laughs> the, the, so, you know, I, I mean, see, we didn't have it like that, you know, coming out, of, like, from my mom, she didn't, like, she worked a factory job, you know, so we didn't have it like, oh, she can get me a cell phone right away right. and all this stuff. So, you know, we, um, I had the payphone. I, I went down the street to the grocery store to the payphone, and as I'm on the payphone, you know, all these dudes pull up in these, like, low riders, these Mexican dudes, they pull up in low riders, and I'm just like, and they're just blaring their music. I'm trying to talk to my mom. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, listen, let, let me just get off this, get off the phone. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to figure this out, you know. But it was a hard, it was it was definitely tough. First two months were tough, you know, but then met a lot of great people um, in Bakersfield, and honestly, it is it is the direction, kind of. It's, it's It was that thing I needed, but... Um, it was the direction in my life, and you know, I mean, a lot happened there. Um, met a met a great family, um, the Westendorfs, who uh, eventually had to take me in, or else I was out of there um, in my second year. But you know, met a lot of good people in my first year as well, um, and. It, it was it was a great time. So uh, talk. Uh, so Darren and Ben and I have different experiences with college than going the JC route first. Like talk us through the, like the logistics of that because you think like American college football. Like you think like you know the movie the program, right? You right. think about all these crazy nice facilities and like you get whatever you want. You got dining hall and you get to have a chef make you <laughs> food. Like that's what protein you think. shakes. And yeah, the whole night. right. Yeah. Like yeah. so talk us through what like the reality of junior college football is because like I think. People don't don't understand what you actually go through. Like, in order to go to the Michigan State or the Boise State, you had to go through junior college. Like, the resources that you had available, like, what you're responsible for. Because, I mean, and I'm not saying one way or the other, but, like, technically, junior college, there's no scholarships for, for junior college, right? No, yeah. So you got to cover it. So walk us through what that really actually looks like. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so now that's the, – the, it was the biggest grind – of my life. I mean, the, the football side was the football side. That was hard, you know, alone. And then schooling, you have to take care of schooling. A lot of guys can't, you know, um, they, they messed up because in junior college, they got all this other stuff to worry about. And, you know, they're kind of like taking care of, you know, they're working, they're taking care of their, their rent, their school. And then, you know, and they're taking care of football, but they can't take care of the classes. So there's like three things you have to you have to really take care of and really be on. And I had to work. I worked at the concession stand and at cutting grass. And um, you have to. I had to take care of my classes, which I had to take a crap ton of cra- classes to get like, caught up. Right? Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to get all these credits and all these. You know, I'm. I mean. 
And for me, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going into this American school system. I'm about to fail out. You know, I heard it was crazy hard. Um, it was cake. It was like yeah. I was like, man, like why have I been in these central classes? My <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here killing it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I did that. Um, and my first year was it was a grind, man. You know, it was extremely hard. You know, I kind of fell into like bad places, made bad decisions. Um, but. I was still handling everything I needed to handle. So, I mean, I was still in a good place, but, um, you know, like you guys know, like eventually my decisions caught up with me and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was partying, I was doing, you know, the most, you know, I was talking to girls and, you know, girls were getting me in trouble and, you know, I was going all these, you know, different directions and I was, I was staying focused on everything I need to stay focused on, but I was, I was losing it slowly. Kind you of know? a mess on the yeah. outside of it. Yeah. yeah. How old were you at this time? Shoot. I was 17. So you, you were, were young, 17 you were in young college. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a November baby. So, I mean, yeah. I got, I was 17 in my first year, turned 18 mid year. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a grind. But at the end of it, kind of, uh, that first year really like, mm-hmm. you know, made me the man I needed to be. And you know, eventually my decisions caught up with me. You guys know I got um, at the end of the, my first year. Um, we yeah, were, talk us through. Yeah, talk us through. Set that. Set that up. So <laughs> you're just trying to breeze past it, man. There's some meat. Uh, yeah, give us that meat here. Now let's go. Uh, all right. So, so you make it through your first year, right? Yeah. And then, and, and you're saying this partying is starting to catch up with you. Like, what does that mean? And what does that lead? Yeah. Up to? Well, I mean, like, you know, my coaches, you know, they always they they brought us around. They told us, you know, don't go here, don't go here. You know, don't throw parties at the house. You know, mm-hmm. don't do this and this and this. We went there, we went there, and we were throwing parties at the house all <laughs> yeah. the time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it yeah. was like, you know, we were, we were just we were just making bad decisions, and we. So, and so to, okay, yeah, it was out of my character. Yeah. So when he says like, "Don't do here, don't do there," right? Like, so Memphis is a city that I think of, right? Like, if you're in downtown Memphis, there's a line that you don't go across in Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Because it starts to get dangerous. Central Valley, California, along with L.A., right? There's areas that are just like riddled with gangs, and mm-hmm. and people don't realize like. Dallas has, I guess they have gangs. I don't know, but like when when you're in California, like it's a real deal, yeah. right? You've got Bloods Crips, you've got Nortanias, you've got Bulldogs. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of, and then you've got like all these multicultural. Like, walk us through that landscape in Bakersfield. Like, there's areas you definitely don't go to because either there's drug trafficking, there's sex mm-hmm. trafficking, there's something going on there that's like. Super, super sketch. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was young, so I was kind of part of that young crowd. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really get into like, um, I guess what Americans would call the OGs and what, yeah. what they're mm-hmm. doing. So they're doing yeah. that big illegal stuff. But you know, I was, you know, I was kind of around. I was definitely around. You know, the gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was definitely around. You know, people. You know, selling drugs, taking drugs. Um, you know, but where where it caught up to where it caught up to us mm-hmm. me and my roommates was the gang part of it mm-hmm. um never i was never like a part of a gang i never got affiliated with anybody but mm-hmm. we were around them and um you know like their parties were you know just as fun as ours you know yeah. so <clears throat> you know going into that um where my buddy he went to Abilene Christian you know he was leaving and you know he was one of you know my closest friends at the time and um he was leaving so you know junior college you know you you come in with guys that's already been there for a year they're leaving that next year so we're gonna celebrate it we're celebrating it and um you know we I'm young 
But in Canada, I've been, you know, I already had drinks, you know, so like I, I was drinking. <clears throat> we were all drinking and, you know, having fun. And for some reason, you know, we were drinking, I forget what it's called. It's a gin. But, uh, Tangeray. 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 Oh, <laughs> and we were drinking it with lemons, like it was like a tequila or something. <laughs> Just young and dumb, man. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we were drinking. And, you know, I, to be honest, I wasn't crazy. Like I had maybe like a couple drinks that mm-hmm. night and wasn't, you know, feeling like horrible or anything, but, uh, we went to a party and, you know, I had a roommate, um, I'm not gonna mention his name, but he's from new Orleans and, you know, we went to this party and, uh, we were, we were all talking to girls and, you know, it kind of got heated because of, you know, the, the girls we were talking to and stuff. So we, we noticed that we were leaving and, um, as we were leaving it, it you know, it just got more and more heated, more and more heated. And, my roommate from New Orleans, you know, he's been through Katrina and he's been through, he's been through, you know, adversity, right. adversity. And, um, he just wasn't going to tolerate it. And, uh, he knocked a couple dudes out right away. And, uh, so we knew from there, like, we're going to have to get ourselves out of the situation. <clears throat> and so we fought ourselves out of the situation. And, uh, how many, okay. How many of you guys are there? And then how many are on the opposition? So we had, uh, three of us there and mm-hmm. one of our, our female friends, yeah. um, but you know she uh, she was cool. She yeah. like she didn't want any of those problems. She yeah, like yeah. you know she shouldn't even been there with us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so and she was driving and uh, it was it was three of us and we went with a couple other teammates that we just we we kind of lost in the mix. But um, yeah, we uh, we ended up fighting our way out of it and then our stupid asses we uh, kind of stayed there and you know was talking crap. Wait a minute. You fought your way out of it, mm-hmm. and then you stayed. No, we didn't stay at the party. Like we oh, just just kept. stayed two seconds too long, long like okay. talking mm-hmm. crap. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Where we just seen a swarm of people just pile out of the house, and we're like, "Oh crap!" Didn't know that many people were here, you know, because um, we were in the backyard the whole time. We've only stayed there. We were only there for like twenty minutes. Okay, so we we seen swarm of people come out of the uh, from the backyard and then from the house, and we're like, "Wow." Did not know this many people were here. So, like, our only decision at that point was, like, yo, get to the car. But they caught up to us. We were right there. They caught up to us. So we kept we, – we got into more and more of a fight. Um, and then there were guys with knives. And guy had a screwdriver, a kitchen knife, and, like, a, a real, like, butterfly knife mm-hmm. thing. And for some reason, I, like, I, I don't know, like, how this worked out, but we got lost, in the, like, in the fight. And we got split up. My two, room, two roommates went to – like this way, and I went this way, and I went. Unfortunately, with the guys that had the knives, all three of them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I kind of fought my like if, you know, I I, I know I know I was obviously <clears throat> watched over that night, um, but you know, I went with the guys with the knives, and there was a bunch of others, and I fought for a long time. But I was getting, you know, stabbed at the same time. But mm. at the time, you know, like you're a journalist. Yeah, did pumping. you know that you were? That I, you were getting... I knew it because there was a point. Um, I didn't know for a couple of them because I got hit with the screwdriver a couple of times and stuff. But I, but at, there was a point where I felt it and it felt like a really hard punch to my rib. And I mm. stuck my finger in my body, through my shirt and into my body. And I was like, okay. And then I seen the blood and I'm like, that's when I like I, you know, I started to like. That's when you felt. That's when I started to feel things. You know, that's yeah. when I started to feel it, and I was scared, and uh-huh. you know, I was nervous. But you know, fortunately, like I said, I was watched over. I didn't end up going to the ground. I went to a knee at one point, but um, yeah, I mean, got got hit a couple of times, and uh, 
you know, I was I was hurting, but there's other people hurting pretty bad as well mm-hmm. that were their friends. So they kind of stopped, and uh, just these guys still don't know who these guys are. You know, I would, at one day I hope they reach out to me or whatever. But um, <clears throat> I uh, got in their truck with one of uh, one of my teammates that was there that we kind of lost, and he uh, just you know kept pressure on me, and they sped at like probably. I don't even know how fast they were going, but it was over 100 uh, to the hospital. And, I, you know, I pulled myself out of the back of the truck, and there was just blood flowing down my legs. Mm. And then they, they rushed me into the hospital. You know, um, I was asking the doctor, you know, like, what's going on? But at this time, I was, like, passing out because mm. I was losing so much blood. I was passing out, so couldn't really do anything. I was trying to call my mom and my brother just to tell them and stuff. But, you know, I woke up and ended up doing that calling them but i was good so what how many times did you end up getting stabbed um i got stabbed like what they classify as a stab Mm -hmm. like the deepness um 11 times and i got i had 17 lacerations yeah oh my god just all over Mm. yeah my ears but like you know like my coach is like oh man like my coach he's he's a tough guy and he's like man you you got you got hit with pencils, you know. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so you're saying you don't know who these guys were that picked you up? That were they no, not there at the party? I, yeah, or? I don't. I mean, I don't know who those guys were, but you know, obviously, you know, they're amazing people. They, yeah. they stopped mm-hmm. for me in that crazy situation, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I jumped in the back of the truck and they they took me wow. right there and yeah. so pretty days? much saved my life. Yeah, they yeah. did save my life. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. how, so how many days did you stay in the hospital? Um, I stayed in the hospital for. I, don't know, I can't even remember. I think it was like four days. My mom ended up coming out there. Um, and see, that's the time where she was like, you know, come on. Yeah. Come on back. Like, you are not staying in this place. This yeah. is the United States of America. This is over <laughs> with. Yeah. Like, you are coming home. Um, but, you know, fortunately, again, you know, God was looking out for me. And, and he put a family in my life who I I was going to Sunday dinners with. You know, throughout the, my first year, anyways, um, their their son Sam, I was uh, he would pick me up every Sunday, and we would go to I'd go over to their house, which was in like the beautiful part of Bakersfield. Mm, yeah, there are some really pretty parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are. yeah, like and, Rolling Hills vineyards. Like yeah, this. nice. Yeah, yeah. and um, now he wants to. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now want to Trust to me, he's yeah. it was the arms trying to, don't, don't, don't go to Bakersfield. I was trying to set up your story, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so they uh, they ended up taking me in, and it was you know straight blessings from there. You know, I, I ended up um, meeting my wife, which was one huge thing yeah. that happened. But I mean, just meeting the the people there, um, just being a part of that family, uh, and being able to just continue going. So uh, okay, so you knew them, you, you connected with this family before before you get stabbed, mm-hmm. and then they're there for you through this process, but. Tell your your wife Kelsey. Tell us how you guys connected through the family and how that whole thing, because that is kind of a pivotal point. I feel like you know through your healing process there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we obviously we met through. Um, I call him my host brother because mm-hmm. host family or whatever. But he's my brother. We'll, we'll just put it like that. Uh, Sam. He uh, he was dating a girl that was her roommate, and they kind of introduced us. So <clears throat> we met that way. Um, she played volleyball at CSUB. I'm pretty sure they beat Fresno. Never. Oh, <laughs> no. I believe it. But, uh, yeah, the Roadrunners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she she played volleyball there, and um, we, uh, yeah, we kind of kicked it off. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, you know, we weren't, we weren't 
matching up. And, uh, you know, kind of, I was like, man, like, this is, I got, you know, I got to, I got to get this, get this one, you know? So I I dropped everything and I was like, yo, this is the one, you know? So, uh, you know, from then on, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, blessings Mm -hmm. from there. We, uh, we, we, we linked up, we did it long distance. So did you see that change coming when you started, when you guys started to date, was there a change in your attitude? Was this, you know, you stopped going out, you start hanging out more with her. What, what was the change, man? Well, you know, a lot, a lot of it was her. Um, and, and my, and I guess in my decisions, but a lot of it was also, um, I'm just going to be real. I was paranoid, uh, just, and I still go through it. You know, mm-hmm. I still have those times where, you know, I don't, I don't not have someone in my sight. I see everybody. I, mm-hmm. I, I notice everything when I walk in somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, there's always just like, you know, that, that side of me where I'm, it's kind of, I guess it would be paranoia, but it's kind of like, I guess I'm just on the safer You're side of things. Yeah. Keep my back towards the wall and I just make sure I, I know what's going on. But, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't like going out. I didn't like being around too many people at that time. I just was focused on getting out because my mom made it clear <laughs> that, uh, you know, now that this, now that this happened, I will, I will bring you home in a second and you mm-hmm. won't have no say about it. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, I just, try to make the best decisions. I try to be the best person I can after mm-hmm. that. You know, I try to be the best person to her, to Kelsey, to mm-hmm. my, the family that I was living with, be respectful. And, you know, obviously all that stuff takes effort, you know, because, you know, you want to kind of fall back into your, you know, oh, ways well, you at know time. it's easy. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, my mom did instill like a lot of discipline in me. Um, and I can say that, you know, with confidence because she, I mean, she, she harped on that a lot, mm-hmm. you know, the discipline part of things and me and my brother, we just kind of, you know, at that, at that point, I was like, let me just jump back, you know, to how I have to be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to say that was the changing point. Cause I kind of was, you know, I would go out at one weekend, the year one, and I would know like, this is a horrible decision. We're like, why am yeah. I doing this? Mm-hmm. And then it caught up to me and it was just a realization. So, so this happens, right? You, you go through the stabbing um, and, and you meet Kelsey and you guys, you know, start being exclusive. But was there a shift like professionally? It's like, no, no, no. Like now my goals are crystal clear on what I want to accomplish yeah. like, and making it to the next thing. Was there a change in that as well? Yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, that was another thing because, you know, I was, I was receiving some, you know, scholarships. I was kind of feeling myself after mm-hmm. year one, you know, I'm like, oh, you know. Boise offered me again, you know, and um, I was feeling myself. And then going into year two, you know, after I got stabbed, Boise was that offer on the table still. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm accepting Boise. I'm, and then, They stuck with did me. Did any any offers drop through I the think, process? Yeah, well, um, that's what I think happened, yeah, because at the time, they, you know, I, no one else was reaching out except for Boise and um, they would send me letters every week. They were asking me how I was doing, how I was recovering, you know, and, um, it was just, it was just, they were just great people. Obviously they're still great people, all those coaches up there. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it was eye opening to me how people can kind of like, you know, continue to reach out and write handwriting letters, um, you know, to somebody that, you know, might not be able to move his arm again. I could, I couldn't move my arm, you know, mm-hmm. so like I had like these nerve nerve damage i couldn't move my arm really so ended up getting all that back uh mm-hmm. from a train uh, there was a trainer that just stuck with me and you know helped me out a lot his name is uh Mahanky. um oh yeah i think yeah he's him. with car yeah he, he does a bunch of stuff Lee. with the yeah. car brothers yeah down, down in bakersfield yeah and the cars were really nice yeah. too so you know i um there's just a lot of great people out in bakersfield that uh yeah. you know stuck with me and uh 
so I committed to Boise and then, you know, um, I, I, I was committed, you know, I like I was, that, that was it, you know, and, uh, second year I played and ended up a whole bunch of scholarships rolling in and I just stayed committed, even though there was a couple of schools I might've, you know, wanted to switch out of, I was like, nah, I'm going to stay with Boise. I'm just going to yeah. do this. So. Arizona State must have called you almost, you <laughs> almost left, didn't you? you almost. <laughs> that would have been the worst decision. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only other worst decision would be to go to Fresno. It's like, uh, just stay in. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. All right, so you go to Boise, right? And uh, so this was, what, 2010, your first year in Boise? Something like that. Yeah. So, okay. So go so go up to Boise. Yeah, 2010. Um, and he played two seasons up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, obviously, you have a stellar career. I mean, I heard, because I, I had just, uh, I'd graduated 2008 was my last year, but like, I heard of him, right, from the younger guys that I played with. Like, Here we go again. And this Tyrone Crawford, no. dude, he's a real deal. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's starting to look red like me, man. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Uh, and, and so, so ha- had a good career there. But, like, talk us through that process through, like, okay, I've got to get myself now ready because, like, this, this NFL goal is now within grasp, right? Like, yeah. at what point at Boise? Because I'm, I'm sure, like, you had the goal at, at Bakersfield Junior College, like, yeah, I want to make it to the league for sure. Like, why else am I doing this? But, like, when did it, like, say, okay, yeah, man, I'm I'm good enough. Like, I can for sure do this and play on Sundays. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't really have that confidence. Um, I guess I had a little bit of it my senior year at Boise, but – um, didn't really have that confidence, you know, um, going to Boise, um, as far as NFL, uh, I was, I was definitely, you know, looking at the CFL option and all that. I was like, you know, a lot of guys don't make it to the NFL. They were telling you about the 3% and all this. And I'm like, you know, a lot of guys don't make it, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this CFL thing and I'm, I'm going to kill it. You know, yeah. when get, you gonna... get paid, if you're a Canadian that plays American college football, yeah. you go back and get paid. Yeah. And I, I was, By I was paid. I mean, Canadian football league paid. Yeah. 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 Six figures, not seven. Hey. <laughs> I was but, wondering where you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you hey. know what? But when you get there, I mean, you, you get to Boise, what are you 19 now? Yeah, I'm 19, 20, something like Jeez. that. Yeah, 19, I think. Yeah, yeah, so you still have, I mean, you're still young in this process. So I, I can understand why you're not thinking, you know, the NFL. Yeah. You're still coming in. You're ju- basically, you played two years of college football, I mean, junior mm-hmm. college. And now you're 19 years old and you're a junior. Basically, you got two more years. And, and you know, without a red shirt, you'd have two more years left, right? So yeah. you're going up against grown men at Boise State. Yeah, and also, I mean, I went, I went to Boise State. And, you know, I didn't start my first year. Um, I, I, the transition from is exactly what I needed. I needed to go to junior college before I went to D1 because, you know, those guys, it, it was, it's just different levels of ball. And, you know, once, obviously, but, you know, once I got to Boise, I was like, wow, this, like, this is, this is ball. You know, mm-hmm. like now, now we're like, now I'm, I'm in study hall every day. I'm, you know, I'm, we're, we're doing workouts twice a day, mat drills. You know, it was just like, Real life, like you know, it's pretty yeah. much professional ball, and um, and yeah, I mean, it was it was it was tough. It was hard. I didn't start, you know. I was confidence was down my first year. Um, there was a guy uh, in front of me, Ryan Rinneswijk, who helped me out. He was like the most unselfish player mm. there is, and he helped me out, um, you know, with my position. Every you know, everything I can do to get to that next year, my senior year, and play and you know play good in that system and um it was fun man we, I had a blast both years um you know I played a lot even though you know he could have 
he could have taken he he had that shot at the NFL too and mm. he could have taken all the reps but he you know would send me in and you know unselfishly you know help me mm. get that time on the field that I needed and um helped me out going into my senior year which you know eventually helped me out man that's saying a lot that's yeah. saying a lot especially for a guy that has potential to go to the NFL yeah and he's sharing those reps with 100%. you because I've been on the opposite side yeah with a guy that was when I came in in college he was like I'm you're not getting any reps right yeah I know not in practice you got to earn them, mm-hmm. and, and that's saying something that he he came out. And is that the reason why you're unselfish, or you've been known to be unselfish throughout this process? I mean, that's definitely the reason why I will send, I will bring guys in. Yes, um, because I know <clears throat> one, it's going to help them, but another, it's going to help me because if there is a time where they need to be on the field, you know, I can't be on the field, and they need to be on the field. They need to be comfortable because I know that uncomfortable feeling yep. when you're on the field and you're it's it's game seventeen, and we're trying to go to the playoffs and and my my shoulder gets cracked up, and you don't know what the hell you're doing on the field. I'm like, so I that's why that's that's another reason why like I I push it, I push it. You know, like obviously there's there's times in the game where you don't have to be on you don't have to be on the field for that series or that you know. So it's it's always good to you know put get them in. Even the you know, big cats like no Tyrone no. I'm like no big cat like they have to man right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like let them go in. Yeah right. But uh, so yeah, it's always um, it's definitely you know one of the. The reasons why, you know, I, I always try and also just for them, you know, like they it's it's something they need and mm-hmm. for their career and right, you know, to further it to you know, get that second contract. So yeah. it's your senior year at Boise State. Mm-hmm. Now you're knowing that there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So tell us when it came to mind, it came to your thought that now I know I can play at the next level. What was it that happened in your in your uh, in your career at the time? Honestly, um, you know, the fun that we were having, just whooping Fresno and all that. <laughs> That's part of That's the no, easy part. Honestly, like I, so I played, I played um, uh, Derek. Derek Carr. Derek yeah. Carr, yeah. yeah. And we were friends before this, but, you know, just, you know, like when, you, when, when we had our D-line at Boise, we were having so much fun. We were playing very well, and I just heard it. You know, I heard it a lot. So they were like, oh, man. Like, you're going to the league. You're going to the league. And I'm like, okay, so this might become a reality. Like, mm-hmm. I really might hit the NFL and not the CFL. Like, mm-hmm. this, we're talking different numbers here, you know. <laughs> At least I thought, you know. Well, I mean, it definitely was, but I thought there, I thought I was going to be dumb rich when I got to the NFL. And then I realized, you know. That's not. No. Nah, <laughs> you're not rich. <laughs> nope, not yet. Not, not right away. <laughs> yeah. did, did it ever occur to you during that process how crazy that is that you went from Canada and playing in parking lots, basically, no, you know, football was not what it is in the States, no, yeah. to Bakersfield, to going through that, you know, stabbing, to now there's a shot at the NFL. Do you understand how crazy that sounds? I mean, at the time, when when obviously now, grown up a little bit, I look back on it. and I'm like, okay, you know, um, the story is great, you know, and, and and it's awesome how it happened. But I know guys that have been through way more than me. You know, I've, I I got teammates in that locker room right there that no one knows. No one, and and it's not like they would like telling like it's not like they like telling the story. Sometimes they may have to. Sometimes they do because you know it's just like what we do now. But and it's and sometimes it's inspirational to people that may be going through the same thing. But I know guys in there that have gone through ten times more than I've gone through. And like that's why like this is this it's all it's all great, you know. Um I'm happy I I made it. I'm happy I got to this point to tell, you know, the story. Um but there's stories in there that I'm telling you 
like that I know personally that are, that are like my friends. Mm-hmm. I, I'm friends with like probably almost everybody in the locker room, mm-hmm. and I've heard probably everybody's story because we've all I've had different situations where I sat down with different people and you know just talked and you know to hear like just different people's stories, no matter where it's from, no matter like what happened. There's a lot of things that like a lot of us, a lot of people like me included couldn't even think about getting through you know so yeah so so let's let's talk a little bit more about that right so your your role and we'll go back to the draft and that whole process but like where you guys are at like the so the two groups that are usually always the closest right is d-line and o-line right Mm -hmm. like they have like a bond that other position groups like really they look at and they try to like replicate um so so is that intentional for you that it's like hey i'm gonna go sit down and i'm gonna talk with this young guy and i'm just gonna like hear him out and then just kind of mentor is that intentional or does that just kind of happen with the group and how it's how it's designed both both I think like there's times where it just kind of happens just like me you know we mm-hmm. we match up as friends and we're just like oh cool let's chop it up you know boom 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 but then there's times where it's like you know I see this guy over here and he's never talking to somebody you know so I'm yeah. like okay you know I'm gonna break this I'm gonna break mm-hmm. this little ice you know so mm-hmm. I'll go over there and be like boom you know have a conversation I'll bring DeMarcus over and you know like have a different conversation <laughs> you know like that's just we just uh you used to beat up the bully didn't you you yeah. were that kid that used to protect the other kids from the bully. Oh, I can tell, school, man. right? Oh, in yeah. high school, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I would like, I would, I would pray for days like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's what you see in the locker room. I played with a guy named Tony Tobert. Um, yeah, Tobert, yeah. Back in the day, same mentality. Could play, you know, multiple positions. Stuck with defensive end, but he could have played multiple positions. But in the locker room, he was that icebreaker. I mean, you could have a heart-to-heart conversation with him, and he, he was going to go out of his way. Yeah. And every locker room has that guy. Don't get a lot of attention, but those well, the are the good, guys that – The good ones have. That's the cult, Yeah, and that's the culture that you're looking for. And I, I mean, I don't want to get away from where we're going, but you know, if you're looking for a guy, you talk about culture in a locker room, those are the type of players that you need to be successful. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, honestly – I think that's true, definitely true. But I don't even think I'm that guy. I think Joe Looney's that guy. Oh yeah, Joe, Joe, Looney, Joe's Joe got Looney, a personality. Yeah, yeah. Joe yeah, Looney yeah. can have a conversation with a wall. Yeah, about it. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, that but I think be like I, the best color ever. I do think I do. I think the NFL is is a league though that yes, it's a team sport, but because of the business aspect, because of the individual brands now and making money and, and all the opportunities that you have that come with it, it's become very individualized. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to go get mine. But when there is someone, and it, like I remember for me, and it was and it was on a much smaller scale than you do, but like Tony Romo asked me to go to a book club that he did with like Matt Chandler as a pastor here locally. And I was like, I mean, Tony wasn't, and, and, and I'll say this to his face, but like Tony wasn't known as the guy that would go up and like ask you how your day was, right? Like that was not who mm-hmm. he was. Like he did his business, he did it. But I remember one day, like he he like, actually we're in London and he and he knocked on my door and he asked me to go to dinner with he, DeMarco and Wit. And I'm like, what the, are you serious? For real? All right, that's cool. And then he asked me to go to this book club. The fact that like, Someone I even just knew someone in that locker room cared about me outside of like what I was doing on the field, like gave me a level of confidence in the locker room, on the field with the team that was just different, right? Yeah. It was just totally different. Like I had it with Forte in Chicago. Like I, I had it with Forsett in Houston. I didn't have it with really anybody in Miami my short time there. But like in Dallas, that was the first one that I had that I was like, damn, like they actually like care about me more right. than just a player. And 
that results in I really do feel like a much more cohesive team. And like right. that was like the 14 year. It was like all right, like there was a, there was something on about that 14 team that was like really cool, you know, really special. And I'm not saying because of what Tony did for me, that's why the team was what it was on the defensive side of the ball. It was you know same same type of deal, uh, but. But that's something that it really I do feel like is not common, no, and I haven't, it's not. It's ne- true. especially yeah. now. And you can speak more to it because it's changed since I've been out. Right, I've been out four years now, almost five years, and yeah. it's like it. But you're there. But like when when guys feel like okay, hey, I'm more than just a number, right? And that's what it is because unfortunately, to ownership, that's what you are, right? Like you're a commodity, and like. We're going to trade commodities based on their value and what they bring to us. And then at the point where it's not, okay, that's enough. But when your brothers, when the guys that you're going to battle with on Sundays, when they care about you, that's that extra little bit to say, I'm going to give that But extra. that's leadership as well. Yeah, yeah. That's showing leadership for you to go outside of your own box and, and pour into a young guy or a guy who's shy or is new to the locker room. That's where leadership begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and our team, it's it's – it's awesome though because we got like, I think it start it started uh, like a lot earlier than me. I'm probably obviously, but you know um, the functions like we just have we have like roles. I guess we when we when we like I guess as veterans we all kind of know our roles. Like you know like we'll have a, a team function and you know Dak will host it or Zach will host it and um, Tyron will host it and then you know from there they're like okay now Ty you do your thing you know you know you know you're the talker you talk to everybody you know you bring everybody together and now you know Zach and Travis you know you break the ice and we're just gonna you know like it kind of like it's, it, we don't talk about that like we don't have like that like oh these are your roles but it kind of just happens like that where we. We build. We kind of build a locker room early, like as a as a team of veterans. We build a locker room early that is just more open than I've been, mm-hmm. you know, a part of. So like we're all like kind of open with each other and just we we're telling each other the truth. Like no hard feelings when we talk. Like you know, if I'm gonna tell a young guy, you know, you you effed up. I don't want to curse, sorry. But if I tell a young guy you effed up, right? You know, on this like. It's no hard feelings. I just want, like, let's just fix it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, let's not do that again or whatever. So it's like, you know, we all have that. We all have, I guess, the the, the conversations that's needed, mm-hmm. um, the openness that's needed. And uh, it's been good. It's been good for us. And, yeah. you know, we just got to keep that rolling. Yeah. I think I think it's just going to keep rolling over and it's going to get better and better and better. So this is your dream. But I'll just go back. I want to go back because I know you're in college. You're at Boise State. You go through that season. Did you go to the Combine? Yeah, I went to the combine. You went to the combine, and then you get this draft day. Tell us about draft day for you. Man, draft day was wild. Um, you know, I, I obviously wasn't thinking third round, um, but we were sitting in the room, and I was hopeful for it. I was definitely like, well, what, what, like, what if Wouldn't this it be does nice? like, yeah. Imagine this does happen. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, I get this call today. And, um, so you that's know, day two of the draft. Yeah. Third round, day two. So yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So you know, the first day goes by. Obviously, we had fun. You know, my mm-hmm. me and my family. We, I knew I wasn't going first day. Yeah. So you know, we were we were having fun. You know, having a couple of drinks. Are you back so, in Canada? Or are you yeah, back, I'm back okay. in Canada? Okay. And, you know, I got everybody's coming in. Like, so first you're watching day. the draft on like TSN? Is that what it is up there? Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Dude, you know what, man? He's always got I'm something to you, say. I don't even want to look oh, at all the time, man. So TSN, yeah. tell us about it. <laughs> That's the redheaded stepchild of uh, Darren's former employer. <laughs> uh, 
yeah. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. But yeah, um, I don't know what I don't know where we're watching. All right, man. Just uh, <laughs> we, we got it on the TV <laughs> in my mom's basement. All right. Playing cards, uh, eating poutine, drinking uh, eating poutine. Yeah, <laughs> eating poutine, drinking a Molson. It's about the only thing you know over there. Huh? Yeah. He's going to stick with that. He's going right. to stick with it. Right. 100%. That was getting beat uh, up by uh, Alexander, <laughs> Alexander Keese. That was my go-to when I was up there. Alexander yeah. Keese. Yeah, that was the beer that I liked up there. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Anyway. It's a good story. This is how it uh, – this is always – there's not a day. Like, he. if I see him, there has to be one Canadian one crowd. Oh, he's going to throw it. 100%. 100%. But, um, yeah, man, we just had the family there, uh, friends – all, all the friends came in, and you know, my mom's basement is the, the spot anyway. So that's growing up, you know, all the dinners were there. Um, you know, any, any friends came over, like any friends' house that we were going to was probably my mom's house. So I mean, we we always had functions there. So I mean, that's where it was. That's where we. That's where we were hanging out. And um, yeah, third round came around, and uh, you know, uh, were I got, you sitting or watching the TV when the third round came around, no. or were you doing something else? No, I wasn't watching. I was playing poker, um, just friendly poker. I wasn't. But if you do, go to Winstar. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get that plug. Huh? I see. That's okay. Uh, um, but yeah, so uh, my agent uh, at the time, you know, calls me upstairs and he's like, "Hey, uh, somebody wants to talk to you." And so I was like, okay, well, you know, people have been calling all night. We come upstairs, and and my mom's sitting there. When I walk in the room, and she's smiling, and she's crying, and, like, like a little tears coming out of her eye and stuff. And my brother's all hype, and I'm like, oh, what are you guys? And then so I get on his little uh, Bluetooth headset thing, and um, he's like, uh, Jerry's on the phone, and he says, Tom, it, uh, this is Jerry Jones. <laughs> you know, oh, you know yeah, the same yeah. conversation. Same, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah unbelievable, too, brother. No. He's like, I just want to <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that feeling. <laughs> uh, it's okay. We'll explain it later. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, man. Uh, no, man, you ain't just. I mean, so you hear Jerry's voice. Yeah, and he says, "You what? What did he say? You want yeah, ready says, to be a uh, Dallas Cowboy?" Yeah, he yep. said. Yeah, he said. Uh, you know, I want to. Uh, all right, this is the, this is Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, I want to let you know we just drafted you. And I was like, oh crap. Like, this is crazy. Like, first of all, the Cowboys, like, I wasn't even thinking, like, the Cowboys. Yeah. I know that, like, they're the top of the top. And I'm thinking, wow, like, they're, you know, this can't be real right now. So, what were you thinking you were going? Who had the most interest? Yeah. So, through Detroit. that process. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I did, like, you know that um, the mile radius workouts that you yes. can do there? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I was, uh, I did. I did that for mine because I was within the mile. So I, I went to the, the private workouts or whatever. And, I mean, the D-line coach was like, oh, man, boy, if you're there, there. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. But, uh, I mean, that's what I was the only hope I was thinking. And they were – I think they were either three picks after or three picks before. And I was I, – I think they were three picks after. And I was like, okay, well, if, if I'm getting drafted in the third round, I'm going to wait until they're up. Like once it says, you know, Lions are on the clock. Right. Then I'm going to pay attention. But, um, yeah, it happened before that, and it was dope. That's amazing. That's so crazy. What were were your thoughts about the Cowboys before that? We we, we talked to Darren. He was upset at first when he heard it was the Cowboys that drafted him. So what was your thoughts? Um, You know, the only thing I really, like, knew about, you know, I knew about 
I'm sorry, man. Like I don't, I, I like I didn't know about a lot about American football. Like I didn't know like legends, and you know, like I learned about these guys when I got here. You know, I mm-hmm. learned about Woody when I got here. I learned, you know, the Manster. You know, when I got here, it's mm-hmm. like it's crazy to me that I didn't know about, like who these guys were. Emmett Smith, you know, em, Emmett Smith was been my mom's favorite player, and I didn't know anything about him. You know, I just kind of didn't like. I guess I kind of didn't care about you know American football like that at the time, and um, yeah, I mean. I, I didn't. I, the only thing I knew was Orlando Skandrick played. Oh yeah, yeah, Boise yeah. State. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, teammate. Uh, yeah, and we used to we used to watch his film. Um, like we used to watch some of the block field goals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. the defensive film against and, Fresno State. And it always looked yeah, like pristine. Field, you know, like the training camp looked like pristine. Like I think it was in San Antonio at the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was all like. You know, like crisp, you know, like white jerseys. The defense were all yeah. swagged out and stuff. And then that's about the only thing I knew about the Cowboys is, you know, rich as crap. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're just a really big team. Yeah. Like this. And uh, so, yeah, they, I mean. so they fly you out. You get here yeah. into Dallas. Who's the first? I mean, I'm sure someone picks you up at the airport. They usually have a shuttle bus yeah. that takes you. Do you guys remember Virgil? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Virgil. Virgil, Virgil yeah. picked you up. Virgil, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. Virgil's my guy. Yeah. Dude, I ran into Virgil like two or three years after he left. Oh, uh, really? He's doing good? I, he's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah, it's Virgil, he's man. Yeah, it's Virgil. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. He's like the nicest human being on yeah, the planet. Yeah, love it. He yeah, really he is. is. All right, so you get picked up by, by Virgil, who's like on the, the player development side, right? Yeah. So he worked for Brian Brian Wansley. So, yeah. um, okay, but are there, you, you didn't know a ton of guys on the roster. I mean, like a DeMarcus Ware. Is that a guy that like you knew who that was? Okay, just yeah, because, I didn't know who DeMarcus Ware was. So is that yeah. a guy that you're like, all right, dude, if I meet that dude, like, I mean, was there any like star struck moment for you when you came in or was it Jerry or probably D Ware and Tony? Yeah. Hmm. Cause he was, that was like right after the Jessica Simpson deal. Right. Like, wasn't that? Yeah. I didn't know about all that. Uh, I, I learned everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so much you hear. Like when you get crazy, here. but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So like when I met Tony, uh, I was like, there's no way this guy's talking to me like a real human being. Like, yeah. like this guy's just normal. Yeah. Like, there's no way he's normal. And then I met D-Ware, and I see his arms, like, dragging on I see his hands, like, dragging <laughs> around. around. Yeah. First I thought, thing I, I thought that only happened when he ran hoops. Uh, <laughs> this guy had, like, untied uh, untied uh, shoes on, like the pumps. Uh-huh. And he was, um, he came into the gym, and they were doing, like, some testing, some vertical testing. He, he had untied pumps on, and he almost touched the top of the stack. And I'm like... Yeah. I'm definitely not doing True that. Athlete. Yeah. He, he just walked in like no warming up, nothing. He just jumped and, and I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. I got to get better. I got to do But it is, man. It's a you know. I remember when coming into the league and, and coming in as a Dallas Cowboy, man, and and didn't watch similar to you. Didn't watch a lot of pro football, especially mm-hmm. when you're in college, because you're so you're so, so focused on yeah. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I did remember coming in, and, and the the guys, there was always, for anyone that comes into the NFL, there's always someone that you can always say, man, that I saw that dude, and it, things were different. Yeah. And for me, it was Michael Irvin, because he was loud, he was boisterous, he was a guy that, you know, was it was almost an intimidating factor, mm-hmm. because he was so loud, and he put you in uncomfortable positions, like he'd yell, you know, say something to you from across the room. Was there anyone in that locker room that you thought, okay... All right, this is the dude. Yeah, he must be the guy. Well, must be the guy was Des, but the loud and the yeah. you know, it was definitely Orlando Scandrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Every, yeah. like when I came over there, I've never, I didn't meet him before that. You know, I just knew he went to Boise, and um, you know, when I when I when I first met him, you know, obviously he was hyped about a Boise guy coming in, yeah. but. You know, we were we were doing workouts and we were on the turf, and he must have went through every single guy and roasted them one by one. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this yeah. guy is ridiculous, <laughs> saltiest human being on yeah, planet yeah. Earth. But I love always. him. That's, yeah, that's always, my guy. Yeah, he's but, the best. You know, he's just he was just he's wild, man. That that, that guy's wild. But Des was that he, he was the other you know the other ADA. He was kind of you know the same way. He was um, shoot year two, I think. I think he was only in year two, but oh, he had right. a, yeah. he had a great. A great rookie season. Yeah. Okay. So so you come in right, and and you're preparing like, oh, damn, this is a big jump because big jump from Canadian high school football to junior college, big jump from junior college to Boise, but it's a big jump now to the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're 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 and you go into training camp, right? And here you go for another setback. Talk us through that training camp, that very first training camp here, here yeah. with the Cowboys. Um. Yeah, that was my second training camp. Second, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. But so I went through a rookie season, didn't really play much, you know, had probably average like 17 snaps a game or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, had great vets, uh, you know, learned a lot. Mm-hmm. So going into year two, I was like, all right, man. I'm so the vets were, were Spence and D. Ware? Spence, D. Ware, Marcus Spears, Kenyon Coleman, yeah. Beast Mode, uh, Jay Ratliff, yeah. Hatcher. That's so right. I, you know, I had some, <laughs> I had some guys. Match, I know. had some guys, you know, um, and it was fun, man. It was it was awesome. Uh, learned a lot, and going into year two, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm I'm uh, this is like this. Is, I feel comfortable, you know. I'm I'm about to do my thing. I, I I was working out like crazy. I had, you know, I was playing ball, and I can like dunk harder than I can ever dunk. So I'm like, all right, I'm explosive. I'm explosive right now, and I get um, into the uh, into training camp, and you know we're you know, we're playing, uh, we, we're just walking through and, you know, I go to do a spin cause it's Marinelli's first year here. And I go to do a spin. He's telling us, you know, you know, do, do your thing on the bags. Blah, blah, blah. And so I'm walking through and I do a spin and then I take two steps after the spin. And like, I felt like somebody threw a ball at the mm. back of my, uh, back of mm. my leg or whatever. And I try to get up and I fall back down. I'm like, what's going on? You know? So like at that point, you know, I knew something was wrong. Doctors come over, squeeze my calf, my Achilles, Pulls up, up, and I'm like, all right, well, there mm. goes my Achilles. And uh, so I torn my Achilles second day into training camp, uh, out for the season. Uh, I was pretty mad about that. You know, obviously can't do anything about it at that point. So uh, thankfully, you know, Britt Brown and those guys over there, um, you know, kept my head straight early, um, you know, about, you know, being on it and just rehabbing. Give a, well. give a little insight well, of both Britt, you guys on uh, Britt, Britt Brown. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> on the mentality. Talk, yeah. Go ahead and talk about Britt Brown. So and yeah. Britt Brown hated each other before this. <laughs> really? <laughs> hated each other. Like, I would That's walk, new. Oh, <laughs> I haven't heard yeah. that from anybody ever. <laughs> no, yeah. He's got that. I guess he's got that reputation, you know, but, um, Obviously, you know, everybody, if, if you know him, you know he's a great human yes. being. Um, just, you know, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's a hothead. Uh, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't like stupid. And he's the Orlando Scandrick of the training staff. I'd say a little different. I, you know, look, this is how I look at Britt. Britt cares. Yeah, yeah like he cares about the person. Yeah, I mean, not the football side of it, but the person and about getting you back. To mm-hmm. what your dream truly is, yeah. and we had moments. You know, I had the back injury, I had shoulder injuries, and Britt was the, my rehab guy through the process. And there were times, man, where I just could not stand Britt Brown as far as the rehab process. 
but he got you right. Heck yeah. He talked you through it, cussed you out at yeah, times. He's like, Shut up. But he got yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he got you right, man. So you bounce back, right? So you go through that whole, you know, you're trying to get healthy now. So now it's going into your third year. Yeah. Okay. So now it's your time. Now you're you are you're recovering through this process. Are you getting your confidence back now? Yeah, man. You know what? Uh, I came back in training camp and I was like, man, like I think I was, you know, that obviously that's the year. I'm thinking, okay, I'm, my Achilles is good. I get back in training camp and they got me on every special teams, and I'm just like, I can't do it. Like I was moving. I'm like, what's going on? Like I can't push from my foot. And one day, um, you know, in, in practice and training camp, it, it just all broke up. And I felt better and better mm. as the, like after that day. And, um, you know, I took it to about game three. But, um, you know, if I, I finally got my confidence back and my, you know, my explosion back. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was 14. 14, yeah. And uh, that was like a really good year for me. Um, you know, Marinelli uh, eventually moved me to three technique. I played four games at end, and then I, I moved to three technique after game four. And it was my first time playing inside but um that was the beginning of me playing everywhere uh, yeah. and you know I went back to end and I played nose that season for like two games but um had had a had a great great year I loved it had had a lot of fun um ended up uh signing a contract going into year four um and yeah it was blessing going I mean from then on so I want to I want to for those that aren't like super familiar with football terminology I want to I want to break that down just a little bit right so so typically defensive ends are the, are the guys that, that make the big money right like the guys that are the pass rushers that come off the edge right mm-hmm. the Lawrence Taylors like the guy that like they're out there hunting quarterbacks running off the edge they're fast they're super athletic like the Michael Strahan's right. like those types of guys now those body types Typically, typically, not all the time, but typically look very different from the inside guys. Now, the inside guys, how he's talking about tackle and nose guard, those are the guys that are generally heavier set because they've got two guys typically on every play blocking them. So they've got a guard and a center, or they've got a guard and a tackle on them always, right? So you see, you see Tyrone. Tyrone's a lean, he's a big guy and he's thick, but he's lean, right? And then especially in 14. <laughs> He thick though, <laughs> but but I mean, even in fourteen, you're bigger now than you were in in fourteen. Yeah, and so for him to go from defensive end to inside, like that's not that's not just typically what you would do, right? And some other guys have done that. David Irving was another guy mm-hmm. that went from the edge. Was a long, you know, gangly looking guy that moved to the inside that had some success there, but. But it wasn't like he did that for the team. That wasn't like you wouldn't look at him and be like, okay, that dude's built like a defensive tackle or a nose guard. Because that, and and had you had any, had you ever lined up at at D tackle or nose guard prior to that? No, never. So, so now, now instead of being on the edge, having some space, maybe you'll have a tight end lined up on you, something like that. But now you're surrounded by people, right? It's a totally different feeling than it is being on the edge and having a little bit of freedom. It's like, I'm just getting off as fast as I can. After too, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. Oh man. Yeah. It's different inside now. Yeah. It's different. It's a yeah. beast inside, huh? You, yeah. yeah. Like you don't feel anything playing defensive end. Like mm-hmm. you're the next day. I can run up the stairs. Walk. My first time playing defensive tackle, I was like, the next day, I like, I realized like what, what all those things that I've seen, you know, like Jerome Bettis and you know all those like. Like those videos that I saw of people like not being able to move the day after, yeah. I finally realized, you know, how that how that felt, and it was not good. I, I was because I got like I think the, my first game, I got like 
30 double teams and i was and it was just like how how and you're gonna lose (laughs) and that's the thing about it you know you're gonna lose on that double team you're just trying to grab on i'm just gonna take it with me yeah 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 Yeah. i mean i don't know that (laughs) (laughs) never happened i try i try i try and at least take one yeah exactly (laughs) so this is one thing i did have for you though you played multiple positions. You played, again, like Tyler just said, defensive end, and you played D tackle. Was there any time through, through your career, because you've been so versatile and you've been an asset to the team because of your versatility, have you ever been pissed off to the fact that, look, I just, like, I remember going through this because mm-hmm. I played safety and then having to cover basically a third cornerback, the nickel guy, cover the slot receiver. I always wanted to play one position and stay at that one position. Have you ever had that thought through this process of, Hey man, I just want to play. If it was to Rod Marinelli, whoever, I just want to play defensive end. It was never for defensive end, but yeah, I was pissed off. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of times where like I, I wanted to focus on just playing one, yep. mm-hmm. the three, the three technique. Um, <clears throat> but unfortunately, you know, like it, it was the year after. It was my fourth year. Um, where we just didn't have the bodies, you know. So the nose is what I had to put. I had to go down to the nose, and it, that's also very different. Like I mean, it's you have to have like quick hands, and you have to it, the reads are a lot different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, it, like if you get a wipe, you know, you have to you have to know how to play that. And like mm-hmm. it's like I, for me, I, I loved. I would love to just you know know my reads you know figure all that out and just do that but at the time it just wasn't going to happen like this and i understood i completely understood why i had to change and then from then on you know like they were like yo listen like this is what you, this is what you are mm-hmm. for us you know like you can do this so we need you to do that and i was mm-hmm. like well say less man i got it you know right. <laughs> yeah right. but you know, we, we talk a lot on the show about the journey and appreciating the process and um, what all you have to go through to get to whatever it is, the goal that you want to, to achieve. For you, uh, the, the important question that keeps right on my head is when you signed that big contract, what was that like? Was it as awesome as, as maybe you'd played up in your head? What was – walk us through that, posi- uh, through that situation. Man, it was better. It was better than what I played up in my head. You know, I – you know, I um, that's the thing. Like, I guess – the, I, you can call it a downfall or whatever you want. Like I, the thing for myself is, I never have these high expectations. Like, like when when in, for in college, you know, I never thought I was going to the league until you know people started putting it in my head, you know. But um, <clears throat> so like when when I signed that contract, I never thought I would have a contract, you know, like that. Um, you know, obviously, once you once you get older and stuff, you're like you got to know your worth and all that, but. At that time, you know, I didn't. I just, I was just playing football. You know, I wasn't thinking about my worth and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was just, just having fun playing football. And you know, when I signed the contract, it was awesome because you know my mom was in town. You know, every, like things happened really, really fast. And um, you know, I kind of just stayed out of the process of them doing it. And I just said, hey, told my agent, I said, hey, I like, you know, this will mess me up. Like, I don't really want to talk to money with you guys. I don't want no numbers. You know, I always, you know, me and him, he always jokes because, like, I told him that, and then I, I was always, like, maybe, like, I was texting or checking. Like, hey, no, no, no. You're, don't you're, tell you're, me, like, but, but, hey, what, what's the Like, he started off, you know, like, they started off at, like, this is whatever we're talking hey, it's about. All real, it's all yeah, public yeah, knowledge, yeah, they, they started we off. We can Google yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we can Google it. They started off at 30, and my agent went back at 80, and I was like, no, 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 no. no. Don't go back at 80. Don't go back at 80. That's way too high. You know, and he was like, <laughs> and he was like, will you let me do my job? 50 million. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but it was an, like it's a it's a process I can look back on. We can laugh about it, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's blessed me and my family, you know, a great amount. And now, mm-hmm. you know, that's it's another reason why you know I'm I'm just like excited to, you know, get the guys under me to you know try and get to to that in their life because, you know, it is. You know, money obviously. You know, it could hurt. It could hurt a lot of things, like a lot of relationships. You know, like, but those are the relationships that are, that were supposed to be hurt anyway. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. um, so true. And the, the the things that it can change, it changes for me personally. I'm not like I'm not very I'm not a spendy on myself type of guy. But I know that my daughters are going to be okay. So and I know that my wife is going to be okay. You know, as long as you know, if I if I you know went tomorrow, I know that they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, so that is like where I want everybody to kind of see and realize and, you know, like, you know, like it's, it's, it's a comforting feeling in life, I guess for me. And, you know, a lot of people, I don't like talking about the money, but that's, that's what it is. That's for what me. It, yeah. You know? No, I get that. So, okay. So you sign a contract though with, with success though comes criticism, right? Yeah. So talk through like, you know, that part because, because you were a DN and then you started to play D tackle. And then, I mean, so how do you handle that? And I know you do a good job, like, okay, I'm going to filter through most of this just just crap outside. And, and we live in a, or you play for a team that is the most criticized, most watched, most talked about team. But you're going through that. Like, how do you handle new criticisms that maybe didn't exist before you signed that deal? Yeah. You know, obviously, um, <clears throat> going into 14, you know, you know, I can ha- I can have whatever excuse I wanted or, or whatever, but you know, I didn't play, to, you know, how I wanted to play or how the fans wanted me to play or how the Cowboys wanted me to play. I just didn't, I didn't play the way I I, I should have played. Obviously, I had my surgeries and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but um, what uh, it bothered me more in myself than what what the, what people would say. But I'm not gonna lie, what people would say would eat me. You know, mm-hmm. so like it, it like I was I was already bothered. You know, so to have people just reminding me of it mm-hmm. was um, it was even more it would make me even more angry. So mm-hmm. what I did, <laughs> I just deleted everything. I, I didn't have Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, any of that. So I didn't want to see any of that. So I was just more in, the, um, I guess, what, what I heard, you know, from people telling me and then. Uh, than myself, you know, mm. and then like all my. Who's anger. that guy though? That's like, hey Tyrone, hey, did you hear that this oh, one man. dude he said this about you? Who's that? I mean, like, wh- I, and I know, like, I know my mom. There was my mom time. does that, like, to me. <laughs> <laughs> I read on Google oh. that yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, but but, so, but you you delete that, you remove all that. But like one of the things that like I don't want to skip over is is a lot of times like fans and me being on the fan side of it now like it's so easy to be like really critical and really like you know well they didn't do this or he sucks or he's this or he's that and well he's supposed to do this well he gets paid that he needs and it's like people forget so quickly that like we're just people we're just humans that struggle with the same insecurities the same things and the same value and if not at a heightened level because like you said right you hold yourself to a higher level of accountability than anybody else does but like for someone to reaffirm that that's like when i get in a fight with my wife right like i already think this stuff right yeah. and she points it out and it just digs right yeah, and it's yeah. like and now she does it on purpose because she knows but <laughs> yeah of course but but how do you okay so you go through that like and how do you delete all the social media, but how do you continue to just like, screw you guys. Like, I'm just going to keep growing. Oh yeah. I mean, even though I deleted the social media, like what I'm saying with people telling me and is what I'm saying is I still saw it, you know, mm-hmm. I still, it was still there, you know? So, um, 
<clears throat> it was hard, man. You know, I can't, I can't lie. It was yeah. hard. Um, it was hard on myself. But at the end of the day, you know, I knew that I was probably doing my job better than they were doing their job anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was working harder than them, yeah. 100%. I know that. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I look at it now and I look at the guys that, you know, people are constantly talking crap about. And I'm like, man, like, now that I'm seeing it, like, there's a lot of fans, like, no offense. Like, I love the fans, you know, and obviously, like, you know, without the fans, there's no, there's okay, no football, right. right? But at the end of the day, like, a lot of them just don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, that is the most dumb <laughs> thing. Even the ones game. that get paid to know <laughs> oh, what they're hey, talking about. Even former players, like, including myself at ESPN, you forget. Yeah. You forget. And then, you know, you go back and see some highlights of yourself and you're like, oh my God, I can't uh. how many touchdowns. <laughs> but it's the reality. So the further away you get from the game, yeah. you think that it's it's that Sunday or at Monday morning quarterback. Yes. You think you were you know, you can play this game. Right. And it's that. it's those people that like the film experts, right? Yes. And then not to mention names, but there was one that drove me crazy oh, when I here played. He here he goes. Drove me crazy. Here he goes. And like they go would, say his name. I'm Tyler, not going to go I'm say the man's say, name. I'm not gonna say, say it. it with your chest. All right. <laughs> No, no, no. And, and the, the problem, but, and I'm like, you had no idea what my job was yeah. and you have no idea what the dude in front of me's job was that made me react the way that I did. Like you have no idea, right? Even pro football focus is one of those deals. It's like, okay, like I, I get it. You guys score it, grade it, all this stuff. But like, are you in those meeting rooms to know how I'm supposed to react to that situation? You're not like, you have no idea. And so, like, that's what – and then especially, like I said, like, you know, media, right? They just talk to talk, right? And they hear something and they recycle it, have no freaking clue what they're talking about. Right. But that doesn't lessen the fact that, like, if people are talking trash, it's like, well, frick. Yeah. No, trust me. I know. But that's, that's the thing. Like, when people have, like, no idea – I don't feel like explaining it. You know what I'm saying? I like, like, I'm like, like, there's plays where they're like, man, what did you do here? Like, you didn't even do anything. And I'm like, I just literally like sacrificed my body so that play could happen. You yeah. Know? Like, I, yeah. I literally, I just took out two, two people guys. Yeah. so we could get a sack. You're <laughs> yeah. telling me I didn't do nothing? Yeah. Like, that's my job. Like, that's what I was put on the field to yeah. do right there is what I did. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, without, like, but I mean, like I said, like you, you open this up, you know, I'm like, I don't like, like, I don't like to like hearing the bad stuff about me and I don't like hearing the good stuff, you know, like I much rather just, just go, yeah. you know, but yep. we're going to hear it. It's life. So, right. so now we, you know, I know you're going into your ninth year. What does life have in store for Tyrone Crawford? Not only on the field, but off the field as well, man, you know, um, well, I'm, I'm a dad of two girls now, which is, it's been freaking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just today, um, you know, like I walked in the house and just watching my oldest run up to me and scream Dada, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's different. You know, I've never experienced anything like it and the experiences are new every day. So I guess I'm just trying to slow down time and take in those experiences because, you know, like when you listen to somebody like uh, older than you and they tell you, you know, like, you know, time goes by fast, you know, this, it goes by fast, you know, like I hear that all the time. And you know, that's why I'm trying to slow it down because, you know, I know those things are true because every time, you know, someone tells me something like that and then I finally get to that point, I'm like, dang, man, I should have listened. You know, that mm-hmm. was so true. So I'm trying to slow down. You know, I'm just trying to just take in every moment with my girls and my wife and just have fun and, you know, trying to stay disciplined and mm-hmm. be a good person, you know, and just trying to, you know, be, um, you know, be that person. But on the field side and on, on the game side, I'm just rehabbing. Um 
minor yeah, league. Yeah, which is yeah, you, yeah. To those that aren't familiar with with what happened to you last year, talk through that really quickly. Yeah, so I had an old injury um, in one of my hips that I never really had problems with. You know, I just kind of went went with it as a torn labrum. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 no, so never it's like felt cartilage inside of your hip socket. Essentially, yeah. it's the padding inside yeah, of your hip pocket. I guess it's this part. So that yeah. it was. I guess I don't even know why I'm doing that on. No, there's cameras. But yeah, so um, think think like a golf ball on a golf tee. Is, yeah, is, is how it's yeah. described. Yeah, bigger tee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, so yeah. Um, Wait, he said his bigger D. What? <laughs> what? You heard the man. <laughs> go, just go, keep going, Todd. Yeah. Don't worry about him, man. Anyways, keep going. So, and then I messed up my other one, um, and it was affecting me bad. You know, I was feeling groin pain. You know, outside of my hips, and I just kept getting pains all over, all over the place that. I guess, you know, were caused by the hip. And um, so I, you know, I tried to figure it out with different solutions and we, you know, we tried everything, um, you know, here, the Cowboys and, you know, every, every, every avenue that I can try, I tried and it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I decided to go the surgery route, you know, unfortunately it was, it was mid season and um, I went over to Vail and, Got both of my hips done. I got one at a, like obviously I got one, and then a month later, or six weeks later, I got the other one. Oh. And um, so yeah, I was on crutches for mm. almost four months, and you know I was in a leg machine for two months each, or mm-hmm. like a month and a half each. And so I was sleeping it, and it would just move my leg yeah. back and forth. Oh, but been there. Yeah, so it, it was it was a it was a crappy deal, mm-hmm. but you know I've been through it, been through you know surgeries and stuff. So I just I just kept trying to you know stay positive about it, and you know now I'm pretty rehabbed up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not all the way um, at my yeah, time. Just yet. walking up, man, you looked like yeah, I looked like you were moving well, well I comfortable. It, yeah. yeah, I mean I, I'm yeah I'm feeling good. Um, You've been hitting the curl machine, I can tell for sure. Nah, man, this is. Yeah. You know what? I just, man, woke, up, I just I, woke up like this. I saw <laughs> you about what three months ago. It was an appearance, right? Yeah, uh, you had you were still on crutches. I was crutches. crutches yeah, yeah, so I was gonna try you that day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. Though. I was, I was probably, gonna, I was gonna, probably the first kick out one of the crutches. Kick out one of. I was gonna get a hold of you. Hey, listen, that, that, that would have been your opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not but, doing it now. <laughs> one final question that, that we like to ask everybody is. You can go back to any point in your life, and you get your, you get thirty seconds with yourself from any point in your life. What do you, where do you go back? At what point? And what do you tell yourself? Uh, man, oh, tell myself. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going back to as early as I can go back, and I'm telling myself about Amazon. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. Pretty much, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I won't get, I won't get selfish. I'll just go Amazon. He's the richest in the world right now, right? No, yeah, man. Yeah, okay, yeah. give us something. Like okay. back that's in your pretty life. good though. Yeah, that that's is, great. That's great no, we're going deeper than that. Go. All give right, us something. Um, Any type of circumstance you've been in in your life. Yeah. See, like the problem is, like I wouldn't tell myself anything about my life because, like. I, even like the worst thing, like you know, like what I've told you guys mm-hmm. today, like I just wouldn't change it because, mm-hmm. like, you know, like what they say in movies or whatever, you change something, you know, it might not mm-hmm. end up the same. So, like, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have met my wife. I probably, you know, like things mm-hmm. wouldn't happen like that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'd probably tell myself to to read more um, mm-hmm. early. That's what you said. That's exactly yeah. what, exactly what, what yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Because when I wasn't when I wasn't reading, I didn't. 
I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Like now that I, like now that you yeah. like if you read even if you read on your phone every day, it's like you just know more. You know, like it's like how did how how did I even get by without reading? You know, right. like yeah. I don't know, but yeah. And That's Coach Marinelli really kind of. He's a big reader. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I mean, I know he said his last question. The last thing that I'm, I'm going to say is you transition um, in your life, right, to fatherhood. And then at some point, you're going to transition out of football. Um, hopefully, it's it's further down the road than, than sooner. But uh, but it but it will happen. But what value do you feel like, you know, your experiences that you've had that you bring to whatever stage is next? Right. What have you learned and experienced that brings a unique perspective to company or business that you're starting or, or something oh man so much um yeah i mean obviously the energy that you put into being a professional is crazy you know mm-hmm. so bringing that energy to whatever else you can bring to is like the one thing that i plan on and you know i, I mean you have to i have mm-hmm. to do um but yeah i mean the i guess the worth work ethic the energy that you bring, um, people, you mm-hmm. know, like for, for me, uh, I learned a lot uh, about people um, here in the States just because it's, it's different. You know, you got to not everyone likes you here. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it feel you feel like everyone likes you in Canada, right? Like, you don't really have to be a people person. But here it's like there's, there's going to be people that don't like you, don't like your people, don't like, you know, and like. I take on that challenge. Like I've been, I've been here and I've, you know, I've, I'm obviously both races, you know, so I'm white and black. I know both sides, you know, I know what both, you know, cultures like, and, you know, and, you know, I, I, I get to listen to, you know, things from this side that I'm like, man, that is bogus, man. And I get to listen to this things from this side and I'm like, that is bogus, you know, but to be able to like, I guess, mend that relationship and just kind of like change their view on things is, is a challenge to me and I like it. I don't know. And, and only it's, it's only here. Like I'm yeah. not, it's not disrespectful to the country. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is what it is. Like yeah. I haven't had to do that over there. Even when I go back now and here it's like, you know, oh, there's people that I'm like, Oh no, let's talk. Let's chop it up about this because you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you're completely wrong. Let's talk. <laughs> but yeah. Man. Well, hey, man, stuff. we really appreciate you being on the yeah. show today, man. Well, thank you guys, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's been yeah. fun. Man. You got we'll be speaking fan. again. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. We'll be talking again. Well, again, hey, this is Tyrone Crawford going into his ninth year. For the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, father of two girls, mm-hmm. little girls, man. Congratulations Beautiful on that, voice. man. Thank and you. I and best it. of luck moving forward. That's it for the Darren Woodson Show. Thanks again. Appreciate you guys. Thanks.